Welcome to Exiles, a Gospel of Mark podcast. We're coming to you from Grace Church in Erie, Pennsylvania, where we're taking what we learn about ancient truths and the person of Jesus into our everyday life. Check out whoisgrace.com forward slash Mark for the sermon and resources that we're using for our conversation. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Danielle Hartland. Happy to host today. Um, And we're going to go around the table, reintroduce ourselves and answer this question from Carlin, who is... He's on staff here Sweet at Grace, basil. and he's a question specialist. Sweet basil. Sweet, Sweet basil. basil. Um, <laughs> his question is: Take pretend you're a kid again. Hmm. Okay. Oh gosh. What costume would you never wear? Oh, for Halloween. Uh huh. Now, nowadays. Oh, that you oh. wore as a kid, but no. you would not wear again. You pretend you're a kid right now, and uh-huh. you have to choose your Halloween costume. Oh, like what would you be like? No, nah, I'm not going to be that. Like one that we wore. No, or just oh. anything from your Carlin, childhood that you. Carlin, would not if wear. you're listening, I apologize. <laughs> this if is I'm hard. 12, if Carlin, I'm 12 years old right now, specific. what would I not wear? Yeah. Okay, so I, I have a, I have a story. Oh, Sarah usually goes first. Well, anyway, no, no, so, let's change it up. I'm Stephen. If you don't know already. But one year, I think I was like eight or nine. I mm-hmm. actually told this story the other day. I dressed up as a little Scotsman, okay? Mm-hmm. Which, is that so really like dressing day? up? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, but it's like you, you put the kilt on, and then we have this thing called a Jimmy hat, so you guys can Google it, where it has like the tartan, and it, but it also has like red hair underneath. Mm-hmm. So it's like a hat with a wig. So is that. it your everyday attire? Look it up, Mike. No. <laughs> really? Stop being American, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, okay. so I dressed American. up like this Scotsman. I had like bagpipes and stuff. And I went to this party, but everybody was looking under my kilt. Yes, because you don't wear underpants. And I was like what they say. mortified. I remember <gasps> feeling like, like yeah. I'm a nine-year-old kid. I'm like, I'm just trying to enjoy myself. And I remember feeling so Stressed out, so that's yeah. what I, I wouldn't. I would not go uh-huh. as a Scotsman again. <laughs> you might want to look deeper into that, Stephen. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I also promise you, I would. Like if you did come as one, I would not try to look up your skirt. No. Why I promise would people you? Be it's because it is because yeah. they be, there <laughs> is, and I don't know if this is true or not, but they say that they don't wear anything underneath it. Uh, that's actually that is well, that is accurate. So it's a skirt. If you have something underneath it, it's a kilt. If you don't, if you don't, is that the only <laughs> simple definition? Oh, those no. are Stevens. Those are Stevens gauges. Okay. I don't so, know if I speak on behalf of Scotland, but it's literally. I'm not even gonna lie. As soon as I see someone in a kilt, or you bring it up, it's the first thing I think of. Gross. Like, oh, nothing's underneath that. <laughs> because it's like that's all people talk about when it comes to a kilt. Well, that's all you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just validating why. Yeah, it's these, great. No, I'm not actually. What I think they we give a reason for this okay, podcast Steven. to be canceled every single week. Every time. Uh, God bless those of you that make it past the intros. So that's my kill story. You got to go next. It's Sarah. a wig built into a hat. It's called a Jimmy hat. Sorry. I'm going to look hat. it up. J-I-M-M-Y hat. Sarah McCoskow. Hello. Um, <clears throat> the first one that came to my head, there was two. I would not dress up like Pippi Longstocking, and I would not dress up like Strawberry Shortcake. Do you guys know what those are? Uh, well, I know yeah. who Pippi Longstocking is. I don't is. know if they're available for costumes in 2023, but um, sure. I think everything is available. Oh, all right. And, you know go. what I mean? Yeah, I can sure. also like Google that. Like an actual Strawberry Shortcake? You don't know who Strawberry Shortcake was? It's oh, a character. No, it's a character. No, yeah. I was thinking of a... Oh. She has like a Jimmy hat with, with strawberries on it. It oh. actually is the same shape. And she smelled like oh. strawberries. I had her table... I had her doll. I loved strawberry shortcake. What was her friend? Something but why would you cake? not dress up like them? Though? Because it's ridiculous. That's why. All right. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't want to wear it. I just and all wouldn't. The other reasons I would just Halloween feel costumes are fine. It, it's just, you know, not a costume I would want to wear. But 
why not put a little spin? What I would love to wear, and I've done it already, is I would do gem That's a good and the one. holograms. Every year. I did it one year. It was the best costume I ever did. Danielle, your 80s party, you had the gem the, makeup. Yeah, I went for the eye. Two out of three. Yeah. I don't know. I only know people on Star. Okay, that's right. Uh, you don't know My who gem is in the holograms? Gem, truly outrageous. It was synergy. J-E-M. Ear. Please, please, at some point today, look her up and come see me. Okay. Do it. So long as you order a Jimmy hat. Fine. Deal. Great. <laughs> Wow, interesting. We never know time. where this This is goes. the first time I wanted to redo an intro. <laughs> my name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, so, I mean, my first would be like, oh, I don't want to like, be a, I wouldn't be a ballerina or I wouldn't be a, a princess. Ironically, in my adult life, I have dressed up both uh, ironically and also for my girls as ballerinas and princesses. So, oh, good um, for you. But if it was 12-year-old me today... My uh, cartoon of choice was Pokemon oh, yeah. back then. Mm. So then by default, I wouldn't be Digimon or Goku or Power Rangers. Or, I wouldn't do any of them. And I was a heck of an Ash one time. Oh, like, yeah. oh fun. Ash Ketchum. Yeah, I, would, yeah. I had a heck of a... I have a lot it was of a fantastic when I was tenor. So Ash because I would choose you. Pokemon, I wouldn't choose those other options. Interesting. So, so I was, I was not today. a Pokemon fan. And I was actually kind of opposed to Pokemon. Ah. Uh. Just like because I thought those people were nerdy uh-huh. growing up, but doesn't my son love Pokemon? Yeah, because that's how. the way it goes. Did you do Pokemon Go? I have Go? to love my son, so yeah. for a minute you did. You like Locked got in. excited? Yeah, I did Pokemon Go with Brian Lusky. Was it fun? Miss you, Brian. Yes, Brian. Brian, because I just visited Brian. Mm-hmm. He's got a heck of a collection of cards. Yeah, he's in his element in yeah, Japan. My daddy is. So our old uh, church building that I pastored at was like a historic building. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, when Pokemon Go was a thing, oh, it came out, yeah. our location, like boom. there was a lit a, up. We were, I was like, oh, right people next. are coming to the church. <laughs> and like they'd walk. And a lot of churches used it. That. A lot of churches did use it. Yeah. For like a opportunity. No. Danielle? What? Your turn. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just, I wouldn't be like Satan because I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really Is that what you're answer. going with? That's a great answer. No, I did. I actually, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be like, uh, I never wanted to be like anything that was anything like super popular. I always wanted to like make my own ideas. So I probably would do something weird that wasn't anything. Do you have a costume that you're super proud of that you made? We would always like redo my dance costumes. Oh. In the thing. So like one time I had a green one. So I was an, I tr- we turned into like an alien, alien costume. Had to wear snow pants under it, but whatever. Ugh, don't even get me started on that. That's a whole uh, other day. But, but yeah, you, you we never did, did stuff like ma- that. You never did mainstream stuff. No. You did like your own. Yeah. Well, there was general. one year, what was it? Wonder Woman? Oh. Where we had, you know, the plastic masks that would like slice your eyeballs yeah. open. <laughs> it was like I had shark edges. Like, you know, in like the garbage bag. <laughs> that was like the. <laughs> It was like the whole character on the front of you yes. and then the head mask. It stunk really bad. I did that once. I think it was Wonder Woman. I didn't like it. But yeah. That, those masks were like suffocating. Fascinating. Yeah. They have like this tiny little slip oh, for your they were, mouth to breathe Yeah, in. you like put like your tongue through. for your blah, nose. Blah, blah, blah. Gross. Anyway, speaking of masks, <laughs> um, today's big idea in the sermon was you can face opposition with Jesus because you know he wins. This is from yes. Mark 3, 20 to 35 is what we're um, talking about. Um, Pastor Eric gave us three kinds of opposition um, and then how Jesus ultimately has the victory in these different oppositions. Um, let's just go through each one and like talk about it. So okay. the first one he talked about was the family opposition. Thoughts? Oh. Somebody want to summarize that one? Oh, 
for me, it was just because your blood doesn't mean that your family, your family in Christ alone. So if you have brothers and sisters in Christ, you're a family. Mm-hmm. And that don't forget that that is a very real thing and don't forget about them. Yeah. My mom actually, <clears throat> this is like, I'm being like opposite, but I agree. I totally agree with that. But um, I know like for me in the beginning of being a Christian, I took that like a little too far because it became a barrier for her. Mm. Like when even we started using words like family instead of like family and stuff, she brought that up like in later years that was like hurtful to her. So for me, I agree with that. Like obviously I, I think Jesus gives us a big family and there are people that I'm closer to obviously than my own family, but I try to be careful about how you know, how I talk about it around my family and stuff like that, because oh, that, yeah. that was a thing for you. Cause you mm-hmm. got, you kind of grew up nominally Lutheran, mm-hmm. but then when you yeah. really leaned into grace, you were yeah, low like key. Yeah. 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 But we had people like in the Lutheran church, like we had this guy, he was like the youth leader. He like had dinner at our house like twice a week. He was over all the time. So like they know, they knew what that was. It just wasn't necessarily rooted in Christ. It was rooted in like a social religious club, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, then their opposition to it was just like so interesting to me. But yeah. Or even for people who don't have a, they are not close to their yeah. family at all, are strained, do not have mm-hmm. any relationship and feel alone. We could also say to them, but you do have a family in Jesus. Yeah. Like you do have a family. It is very, very real and it does exist. And there, there is a family for you. Yeah, that's good. Yep. I do... Uh and maybe not even so much family, but even just stepping back. I love the fact that we lean into the fact that there is opposition. Mm-hmm. Like that's very clear from, mm-hmm. from this sermon and this passage and from lots of the other passages that we're going to read that when you become, when, when you put your faith in Jesus, uh, it's not all hunky dory and, you know, just rose gardens from there on out. It's actually, I would say it becomes more difficult because opposition is now directly facing you, whether it's one of these three categories or elsewhere. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's a it's a fantastic thing to call out that I think needs to be made more of in the American church. Like this life with Jesus is not easy. Yeah. On this side of eternity, and then it's the key of having that eternal perspective and going. But we know who wins in the end. Mm-hmm. We know that our souls will be satisfied in ways we can't even imagine yeah. right now. And so all of that opposition and suffering now is worth it. And it's just. I think that needs to be communicated more, and I love that yes, Derek yeah. just like planted himself and leaned into it in this message. It's good for us to hear over and over and over again. Yeah. It's good for the congregation to hear. It's good for yeah the church to hear in America. Okay. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I think because as, as well, because we live in a pendulum swing culture, right? Mm-hmm. It's either one or the other. Mm-hmm. We can't seem to, um, you know, find, find ourselves in the middle somewhere. So we're usually one extreme or the other. I just, I feel like I do want to caution too that if family is pushing back against, it's not always a bad thing. And I know that's yeah. not necessarily the point of the sermon because in, in this sense, it, it wasn't beneficial yeah. for Jesus. Um, but just for people listening to the podcast, it's not like when you become a Christian, there's a, there's, I think there's two elements, right? There's a sense in which they're trying to understand what is going on in your life. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not my son. This is not my daughter, at least who I know, Mm -hmm. um, things have changed, Mm -hmm. um, and I don't understand it. So I think there's a learning curve that we need to appreciate and have grace for. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, because I think we can move into that obnoxious Christian category really, really quickly. But I think at the same time as well, I think we have to do, um, we have to do right by our family by being able to take a minute and discern Mm -hmm. what that opposition is. Yeah. And so the opposition might actually be helpful and wise counsel. Um, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it may not be, it may be hindering where God is trying to take Mm -hmm. us. Um, obviously, Jesus is Jesus, and so he's able to discern that very yeah. quickly in the moment yeah. uh, through the Spirit, right? Yeah. Um, just because he is God in that moment as well as he is fully man. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't always have that privilege and opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I just, again, as people listen to this, if family is pushing back, I think just take inventory. Yeah, don't throw them out. Yeah, don't yeah. don't throw them out. I mean, being in youth ministry, it was... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, we, we would see that all the time. Um, you know, when, when kids came to Christ, it was like this, you know, radical moment. And all of a sudden they're, you know, telling us stories about how their family doesn't mm-hmm. want them doing this and doing that. And um, I think early on, I, I was maybe a cheerleader for that mm-hmm. and probably contributed to some damaging relationships. Hopefully mm-hmm. not too bad. Yeah. But, you know, you're on fire mm-hmm. and you want to encourage that youth and you're like, yeah, this is great. Um, yeah. But now I want to be like, okay. It's still your mom. Like, let's, no, let's, let's kids. love You're like, your Wait mom. A minute. Your yeah. mom loves you. Yeah. She has yeah. your best interest in mind. She just doesn't understand what's right. going on. There, there's That's a good. balance. Just because we're saying opposition doesn't right. mean enemy. Right. Because That's the good. enemy oh, is yeah. Satan. So right. there might be opposition, but kind of like what you were saying, yeah. Daniel, like we need to just be mindful of the way we can now influence yeah. our families yeah. if we're receiving that opposition. Yeah. I loved in this section too how um, Derek pointed out, you know, my own words, but they come onto the scene and he's like, yeah, this is my family. And all these people are my family. Anybody who does this is my family, blah, blah, blah. And then bookend, I'm a bookend person. So then like bookend that with the, what happened on the cross where he was like, you know, John and Mary, you're, you're a family. Don't forget. I mean, it was like, almost like he was like, don't forget you have Mm -hmm. each other. You're like, I don't know. I think it's a beautiful like bookend for his family. Honor your father and mother is still yeah. a thing, yeah. even if you're receiving opposition from yeah, them. Totally. Caring for your family is still, and it honors God, yeah. even when you're receiving opposition. Yeah, and I, I just I love how Jesus widens that yes. lens yeah. as well, and He's preparing the way. Obviously, Jesus knows what He's doing, but He's preparing the way for what had become an exclusive club yeah. that was uh, not necessarily allowing outsiders in. Yeah, that's good. And so Jesus is ushering in this new kingdom. And we've said it before in this podcast that even in the old Testament, there was, there was still this evangelistic reality that Mm -hmm. you, you could be grafted into that, into that nation and become part (laughs) of what was going on. But Jesus is coming going, listen, that's what's, that's what's broken right now, or at least one of the things mm-hmm. that are broken right now. And so I'm going to usher in, and I'm actually going to make mm-hmm. a public declaration and go, these people are my family. Yeah, that's good. Everyone's um, yeah. So that, you know, when Paul, when Saul becomes Paul, this idea of now evangelizing to the Gentiles, even though it, well, it was a challenge, there's... He there's set just, the stage. He set the stage. Yeah, he room. set the stage, yeah. Um, which I just love. That's which great. I just love. And I think, you know, very intentional. You mentioned Jesus on the cross with his mom. Like, mm-hmm. he... Even even at that point, in the moment of yeah. deep suffering, yeah, about to die, yep. he's saying, "Listen, it, it, it's more than what it has been, guys. Mm-hmm. Remember that mm-hmm. it's more than what it has been." Yeah, that's good. Okay, and then number two is religious opposition. Um, anybody want to talk about that one, or summarize it, or your own experience? Yeah, I think it's just the uh, uh, 
I think the way Derek was saying it was it was the scribes and the and the leaders and the Pharisees were opposed to what Jesus was saying and yeah. doing because it upset their their order their the way the the way they had built things around honest faith the whole system yeah. that they had built that wasn't true faith yeah it upset the apple cart and mm-hmm. they didn't like that and so they naturally opposed it um, and to me I think and I think we're we're kind of on a list of like escalating mm-hmm. uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for a fault Oppo- I guess yeah. like mm-hmm. all right families opposed but like you're saying Stephen they probably have my best interest hopefully mm-hmm. these guys probably know the answer and they just they don't like that Jesus what Jesus is saying and so they're right. like they're more at fault here yeah I agree well, I'm this might be derailing it but I'm just curious it's a thought that came to my head like what if we were to parallel religious opposition to our life today Maybe what are some of those things that fall in those categories for you? That, oh. and, and again, it's this idea of making yeah. a secondary thing a primary thing. Is there anything that you guys have a tendency to lean towards? Or you feel like when someone presses that button? Oh, us personally? Yeah, you personally, uh, yeah. That's interesting. If you are asking... Uh, Mike, in 2023, that list is far smaller than what it would have been a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, so speak to that. Speak to the old list. Yeah. yeah so uh, so I, you know, made my faith my own in college and got, um, was part of a, a group of churches that, uh, if, you know, if, you, if you're aware, the Young, young Restless Reform Movement and yeah. just... Uh, there are other names for it, but sure, we can yeah, go with that yeah, one. Yeah, we'll go with that one. Um, good... <laughs> Good theology, yeah. very rigid application, mm-hmm. um, and a a uh, oh, a stance that isn't necess- wasn't uh, ready to accept differences on secondary opinions. Um, so we can go down the list of them that are still you know people still kind of get worship uh, preaching style. Um, the way you you know mm-hmm. a church is supposed to act within a community, uh, the things mm-hmm. that they're supposed to go accomplish, um, you know, and then there's always like the women in ministry and sure. you know uh, a, you know election versus free will and all the mm-hmm. things, and it it wasn't so much that the beliefs that I had as a part of this group that kind of was the basis of my spiritual childhood, I like to say, but again, it was just kind of that rigid application and that pushing away of anybody who has a difference in opinion. Mm-hmm on a clearly secondary issue. Um, and I had to, went through kind of my own renaissance a couple of years ago of unwinding from that, not the theology for the most part, but yeah. just unwinding of the tight grip of these secondary things. That's super hard work. And I'm proud of you for doing that because I think a lot of people right now in culture, it's like, well, then it's all wrong. If that part of it was wrong, then it must all be wrong. Yeah. So I'm out. So I, yeah, kudos to you for like doing that hard work. So it's not easy. No, suck. But it would be awesome if people could could do it and stick. You know, it's that's hard though. I my best friend is I won't say who it is. Just <laughs> my best friend is married to the son of someone who's like very high up in that, um, mm-hmm. like a god figure kind of. And uh, I don't know, yeah, when you see behind the scenes, yeah. it's interesting the fruit that's bared, like in in the family and like the, you know, the people that like know the person the best and stuff. It's like, man, you're not, 
yeah, you're like telling people to do all this stuff and you're, it's not working. It's not working for you, but you just keep telling people to do it. It's just interesting. We just, yeah, we just like build up these monuments and. It's, it's easier to just draw a bunch of lines in the sand and yeah. say, do not cross. Everything's black and white. Yeah, absolutely. And the Pharisees were doing it too. Like, yeah. okay, there's love the Lord your God with our heart, mind, and soul and your neighbor is yourself and all the, mm-hmm. but it's way easier to go. All right. Well, there's like 300. How many rules? 360 some different rules. We just got to follow these, and everything's black and white. And you yeah. can't. We just did, you know, the sermon on the Sabbath. You can't splint an arm because that's work, and it's yeah. No, just make it, yeah. loving is harder. Oh yeah. Loving yeah. God is harder in the unique situations you find yourself in. Loving your neighbor is harder mm-hmm. than you. It's way easier just to go black, white, right or wrong, and arbitrarily make decisions. Yeah. I, the most holy work and the most difficult work is in the gray area between. Yes. Between. Mm-hmm. No question. Holy. I like that. No question. Yeah, it's definitely not the path of least resistance. That no. is for sure. No. Um, because I think it forces you to, uh, it forces you to stay humble. Quite honestly. Um, yeah. Because it's it's easier to get comfortable in what you know to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, it's harder to to say I, again, right? There's there's core central doctrines um, that we just we don't budge from. But for the majority of people, we all agree on those right. issues. Yeah. Uh, and you would even you could even potentially say that for the religious leaders in Jesus, mm-hmm. that that there's core central yeah, doctrines. Absolutely, there were. Um, yeah. Uh, for, the, for the for the Israelites, the you know the Jewish faith, but it was these other ones that I think when you fall asleep on, yeah. that's when it becomes dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we must always be awake and aware. In, in ready to, I think ready to learn. I, I think there's a guarded posture to, to learning, mm-hmm. um, but I think you always need to have a heart to hear someone, mm-hmm. uh, to see where, where they're coming from, and at least navigate that road. Um, and because I think when we fall asleep on that, it very quickly turns into a character issue for us, mm-hmm. um, if we're not yeah. careful, if we're not careful. That's good. Yeah, Sarah, you, have a, you talk about empathy a lot. I think that's a nod to that yeah (laughs) good um this is a section two where um because of these things jesus brings up the unforgivable sin um and i think there's a lot of misconception about that which i'm I'm glad derek gets into it but any go ahead any thoughts sarah um well i appreciate the fact that he brought it up because i think a lot of christians we I like how he he touched base on suicide, but he also touched base on, um, I think there's some scripture out there that scares us because we hear it and we're like, what if like we're doing that? Like, I'm not even going to lie. One of the biggest fears, I think it's Matthew seven, where he says, I do not know you. Oh, turn from me or, you know, like Mm -hmm. when you, I think it has to do with, and correct me, please, if I'm wrong, you go to heaven or you die and you stand in front of him I and he says to you, you I yep. did not know you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to be honest with you, it's one of my biggest fears that I will I will do my work here. I will love him and I will believe in him and I will get there and I have done something wrong and I didn't know that I was doing it. And he'll be like, sorry, and I will go to hell. <laughs> and if I'm, if I'm, if I think if we're all really honest, I think there's a lot of Christians who worry about that mm-hmm. stuff. So I appreciated him bringing up um, this scripture about how, um, what does it say exactly? I'm so sorry. You guys, I am like spaced today. I am all in my head. Well, what, what did, did he it, say? He said something about, 
Oh, the unforgivable sin. Yeah. I'm so yes. sorry. Okay, yes. Yeah. So it's the unforgivable sin. And I think we all think that. Like, are we doing something that cannot be forgiven and we don't know it? And I was so grateful that Derek took the time to say, if you're feeling that way, then you're probably right. okay. Yep. Because yeah. you're actually caring about it. Like, you want to make sure and that you're not in that category. So if you're actually afraid of being in that category, you're not in that category. Your heart posture is yes. probably one that- And yeah, I appreciated that not. so, so much. And you know, then he talks about suicide and you know, different things like that. And I think these are a lot of things that people truly do think about and they worry about, yeah. but they don't talk about them for one reason or another. They feel like they can't. Mm -hmm. So I'm really, really glad it was brought up today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we live in a culture where shame and fear get a larger platform than they deserve. Yeah, they rule the Right, day. and mm -hmm. so, I mean, I, I have, um, I've done many funerals. Mm -hmm. uh, in the funerals uh, of those who maybe grew up Catholic, mm -hmm. um, and so maybe speak specifically to the Catholics mm -hmm. here, but they grew up Catholic and maybe not practicing Catholic, mm -hmm. maybe not part of the church anymore. Um, but I've done several suicides yeah. um, with yeah. people from that background. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, it's fascinating to see the sorrow yeah. um, that is attached to the shame yeah. that they feel based on yeah. that individual's act. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's so important. And I think this is what the scripture is getting at here. Shame's not unforgivable. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Jesus is saying very specifically that it's a specific posture of a heart. Right. A heart that actually knows that this is the Christ, that yeah. this is the Messiah, and not only denies it, right? Because we can all be blasphemers at some point mm -hmm. in our life by our actions or by our words. We get we can all deny Christ by both of those things too. Yeah. But it's the person that knows because the work that is being done is clearly of God, but then attributes it to evil mm -hmm. and saying that the power that right. has come is is actually not a work of God. It's a work of evil, right. and it and it takes it, that's not a uh, that's not a heart of fear, and that's not no. a heart of a heart. It's not a heart of shame that acts in those ways. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a closed off, hardened heart. Mm -hmm. um, Opposition that that yeah. almost is not just cynical, but there's a level of hatred. Yeah, there. it's damaging. Yeah. Yes. Um, so you've you've moved from. I mean, you've moved way beyond. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a posture of shame and fear, <laughs> you're fertile ground for God to move. Sure. Oh, okay, good. great. You know, Thank you for saying that. Your heart is soft and, and God wants to do a work in you. Um, I mean, I've had many people come up to me and say, I'm just, I'm just so afraid. I don't know if I'm yep. saved. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's very like, real. Well, that's probably, yes. <laughs> it's a good indication yeah. that you might actually be saved. Yeah. Right? <laughs> if you're um, worried about be not being. And if not, yeah. here's Jesus. And like, I think right. that's a very, yeah. very real thing yeah. with people of faith where we get in points of our life where we doubt like, am I saved? I, I know that I love you. I know that I believe in you. I know that I follow you. And you are a very present, you are very present in my life every day. But I think we all could admit that there are moments where we're like, I don't think I'm saved. I don't know if I'm saved. And that's, I think that's just very real. Again, it ties back to you guys saying, following Jesus is not easy. And you're gonna have moments that you struggle. And I think this is some of it. Yeah. And I, and then, and so that's like, you know, philosophically and theologically, but also just, there is nothing you can do to earn God's love, and there's nothing you could do to lose God's love. Right. There's nothing you could not do to earn it, and there's nothing you could not do. Like, it's not based on our actions, and we say that so often. And so when you think, and especially suicide is just one of these culturally that it, I don't know, 
is just hard for Christians to wrestle with. You can't lose God's love because you already have God's love, if that's the case. Mm-hmm. That's not a license. Like, friend, you are an image of God. Don't take yeah. that away. I think Derek said, like, it's up yeah. to God to number your days, not you. But there's nothing you do or don't do that can earn or lose God's love. It is freely given to yes. you, and it's yours once and for all once he gives it. And so there, yeah, there's just, I, I think that's such an important thing to, we say we can't earn God's love or lose God's love of our own accord, own actions, but then there are just kind of some of these cultural issues that all of a sudden our theology runs into, mm-hmm. and we have to make sure we're speaking truth to it and not getting getting taken down by the lies. Doesn't he also... Correct me if I'm wrong, too. Doesn't he also say in his message in regards to the unforgivable sin when he goes into detail about that? Does he say something? I want to say this. If you do get into that realm, I think what's also like important is it doesn't. Okay, let me. I'm so sorry. If you get into that place where this is, you do the unforgivable sin. I think what also needs to be mentioned, if for any reason, you turn around from that, Jesus will accept you. Do yeah, you understand what yeah, I'm saying? Like Paul in my, as an example. Yes. He used Paul as an example. Mm. Like God built his church. So even with, with even with the most unforgivable sin, if you turn away from that and you go to Christ because of his grace and mercy, he will Yeah, we're talking about a hardened yes. heart, someone who never makes that decision. Yeah, who never so, does that. Who I think absolutely is like a what we need to realize as well is like Jesus is talking here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And we're not Jesus, so let's not play God in right. this situation, right? So we can look at somebody who has a hard heart. You know, you might even have people in your mind right now that sure. you're thinking about, and you're like, oh my gosh, well, they've been hard their whole life, <laughs> right? That It's not our job to categorize, no. yes, right? Correct. So we, we have, we have the, the anointed one, the savior of the right. world here, knowing the state of their heart. So yeah. when mm-hmm. Jesus says they've committed the unforgivable sin, yeah. what he's saying is that their heart is so hard that I actually know the end. Yeah for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we don't know the don't end know for an individual. So right. let's not play God. Yes. Um, and I think that's very important for us. We have Jesus saying mm-hmm. here that these people's hearts are so hard that they will not actually ever turn. Mm-hmm. And so okay. in that moment, they have committed the unforgivable okay. sin mm-hmm. because the posture of their heart will never seek re- no, will never seek. Yeah, he's not just a random human telling a story about a person. But right. we yeah. can never ascertain that. So no. we shouldn't provide right. that judgment. Rather, we should just love people right. and hope and pray. Mm-hmm. But, but here's what it also points to, and I think this is important. It points to the message that Jesus continues to tell. That if you continue in your sin, Jesus is saying, there's a free gift of grace. There's a free gift of grace. There's a free gift of grace. All right. It's right here. If you continue in your current lifestyle until you breathe your last breath, you will at that point have committed the unforgivable sin Mm -hmm. because you will have to pay for the penalty of your sin. Mm -hmm. You will have to satisfy the wrath of God. Thank you. Um, And so that's, I think Jesus is, he's less prescribing something here in the moment and he's more foreshadowing something to come. That is really good. Thank you. So we get caught up on these moments Mm -hmm. in scripture sometimes and Mm -hmm. we even make, you know, practices and philosophies about them. But I think Jesus, again, he's ushering in a new kingdom and that's what we have to keep in mind. Mm, That's really good. good. That's great. Good ending to that. Uh, Third um, opposition is satanic opposition. So Mike, as you said, we're kind of like ratcheting up the opposition here um this is where we where he uh started talking to us about spiritual warfare and uh 
Pastor Derek just said that this is one of his kind of like preeminent verses on spiritual warfare. So I'll just read it again. Um, this is 327. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. Thoughts. This is also where we go over three of the many, but three of the three common ways Satan operates through distraction, discord, and devastation. Probably because they all start with a D. (laughs) Those are the three. (laughs) I I, I don't want to, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but um, I, I think the first thing we ought to acknowledge here is again, is what Jesus is saying, right? That the world that we currently live in, it is a world I don't want to say is run by, um, but um, <laughs> maybe like managed. <laughs> yeah. He's like a little Cause, manager because <laughs> Jesus has come. Manager. He died on the cross. He rose again. Right. So he's conquered sin, Satan, hell and death. And he's actually bought our freedom for anybody mm-hmm. who would turn to him and receive that gift of salvation. So Jesus he has the keys mm-hmm. yeah. to death and Hades, if you will. Still yeah. God's creation. Still God's creation. But there is a sense in which this house that we live in, in the illustration that Jesus With is using, is Satan's yeah. world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Temporary full license. of distraction. It's full of discard. It's full of destruction. Um, and, and essentially what Jesus is saying there is you need somebody stronger, right? Yeah. This is you what, can't do it. There's a, there's a beautiful treasure, and that treasure is God's creation. Mm-hmm. And this is what Satan is coming to do. He's coming to distract you, you know, to destroy you. Mm-hmm. And you need someone stronger. And mm-hmm. Jesus said, I'm, I'm that one that's yeah. stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a beautiful, I'm mean, beautiful picture. It I mean, it's, it's a cool, I mean, and that's the, the beauty of parables, because this is like a short parable, but mm-hmm. like the picture that I get in my mind when Jesus is telling the story, like, old school WWE, like The Rock, The Undertaker. Like, yeah. a, Imagine one of them in a house and you've yeah. got to go in and tie them up and plunder the house. There's no way. Right. But you need someone bigger and stronger. Yeah. And so I'm, like, even just like taking it down to that just physical representation in my mind, Jesus is that one yeah. who's bigger and stronger. And there's nothing the strong man can do to oppose the stronger one coming in. The strong man will certainly be bound, and the stronger one entering Jesus will certainly have his way. Yeah. And that's just, it's a powerful visual for me, and it's yeah. its such a hopeful uh, truth. Yeah. Like, got it. We are not stronger than the strong one, but a stronger one has come, and boy, he is coming back, and there will be no more of this crap that we deal with day to day. Jesus is coming surely and he will win and that is just so that is a freeing and hopeful truth when i when i hear the word of god like i know what it it does to my heart so here's where my brain goes like i just wish that i was there hearing it right because you can read the word of god and you can even get like the goosebumps in that moment like Mm -hmm. there's such confidence Mm -hmm. in that declaration right there's a proclamation that's being made and you're like yes like Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I just wish that I was there to actually hear these words. Yeah. You know, because I know how I feel reading these words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was it like um, when it was done? Yeah. yeah. Like just to watch the confidence that, you know, surrounded by religious leaders, people trying to take them down. And just, I, you said savvy earlier, yeah. but just the savviness to yeah. like step into a situation and just speak. Like when someone speaks truth with confidence, mm-hmm. but there's that undergirding of humility and mm-hmm. love and care, 
man, it's it's powerful. And just it's and cool. Jesus is that strong man. Right. He's talking about himself, and yeah. I just picture him like sitting there, just like matter of fact, like, like I got this. So who's gonna get the strong man? Someone who's stronger. <laughs> and like he's talking about himself. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, yeah, yeah we've really mentioned cool. the chosen before, but I like in the chosen. You've mentioned yeah. the chosen. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I just, I get, I just just kidding. But uh-huh. there's that like when he looks at his disciples sometimes, and he just gives them a Me? little wink. Yeah. I'm like, yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus had a swag. He definitely got loving, oh, humble, gentle, but it was a swag. Yes. He 100% did. No question. Jesus, um, Well, I guess we kind of talked about this a little bit last week on accident, but like, or not accident, but whatever. Um, just the idea that like when we're entering into these like spiritual warfare moments, like if we can like, sometimes I think we, or I do anyway, get that moment where you realize this is something else yeah. that I'm, I'm entering into, like not to blame anything on anything, but like, Oh, I, I literally feel like in my spirit that this is something that's not right. And I think sometimes we twist things where we say like, Oh, I'm going to come against this thing. I'm going to like oh. cast this out in Jesus name. Mm. You're not doing that. That's not what's happening. And like to, yep. we need to put ourselves in the right place. Mm. I think you were saying last week to know that we're, we're just reflecting Jesus. So we're just saying like, mm. we're, he's the one that's doing it. We can say his name. There's power in that yes. obviously, but like there's not power in like us, his power is in us, but like it's he's him. doing it. Yes. Um, and I think that's how we get twisted stuff. That's how we get like, we feel pay, like we paying money for it. healing yeah. and, you know, waving hankies around and stuff like that. Um, I yes. think that's how we, that goes that direction. In my, I, in my opinion. Much, Appreciated take. Derek with his prayer hanky. Oh yeah, <laughs> I laughed very hard at that. Like I it's was real. like, "What? I haven't thought of uh, what a prayer hanky." But it's true. Have you guys ever been in that kind of environment? No, have you? I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just seen it. I've been in like several. Yeah, I when I was in Scotland, people running around and yeah, it was a a conference, a young adults conference that I was at, and there was. It was my first taste, my first experience, mm. and this might not surprise you guys because you you might know me, but I, I remember the individual allowing room for the spirit to move, mm-hmm. which, okay, whatever. I mean, I'd heard that language before. I knew it was about, yeah. something was about to be different than I'd ever experienced. Um, <laughs> but then people started mooing, uh, and then there were how? like, an, yes, mooing in the spirit, then there were animal noises, and I just remember being... So, so when the spirit moves, interesting in a body of believers, there's supposed to be unity, unity right? and order, and so yeah, unity order. and order, absolutely. Um, and that's we can say that with the the spiritual gifts. So sure. The gifts that you're given are for the edification of the body. So there needs to be a unification. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's confusion, oh. I would hazard to say that it's probably not the spirit. Right. That's Stephen's words. Um, well, I think it's, like that's Paul's like chaos. Paul's yeah. words. God yeah. is not yeah. a God of confusion. Words. Paraphrasing. Yeah. Paraphrasing. Yeah. First <laughs> um, Corinthians 12, I think is very clear. Yeah. But I remember feeling so confused in that moment and so out of sorts in that moment that I actually went to an exit that I thought the speaker was going to leave from. And I waited there because I wanted to know what, what in the world that I'm like, this, I'm like the 16 or 17 year old kid. Like yeah. I know nothing at this point, but what I knew is that that was like really confusing. Yeah. Um, and it felt really misleading. Mm. Uh, ultimately didn't wow. ever get to speak to him. Uh, maybe he saw me and went to another exit or I, I don't know, but, um, Man. yeah, just really, really fascinating. Yeah. Really, really fascinating wow. to me. Um, I've never thought of it that way. 
what that needs order and I never looked at it like when because I've only ever seen it on TV or just different oh. things like that. Mm-hmm. Like I've never been in it. Yeah. But when you see all the chaos, I never looked at it as from that point of view. Like this is a massive distraction. This isn't actually God's. Yeah, the Holy Spirit like, is not a spirit of chaos, chaos. at all. It's so. Yeah, it's a God of peace, love, peace, and the sound love, of mer- yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to say there can't be energy of and course, there can't sir. be, you know, the, the use of gifts. Yeah. And that's not what you're saying, but there, again, it's not black and white. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, right. sitting and shutting up for an hour and rising, going up and down a couple of times. And that's the, the extent yeah. of your experience with God on a Sunday. Right. And, and those are the pendulums, right? Yeah, and those it's yeah. not yeah. hanky waving yeah. and people falling down. Like, yeah. it's probably that funky gray in between yeah. where the Spirit of God works and we're, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and very, I mean, very practically, like in our life group, we have this kind of, uh, I mean, I don't, it's it's not a rule, but it's just like, we just tend to have a lot of people who feel like led in different ways, like from the spirit to share things or dreams or, you know, all kinds of things. So we just kind of have this like, like hands in the middle, like it's okay to like challenge each other on that. Like, Mm. oh, like I hear what you're saying and that resonates with me that totally resonates or to say let's keep praying about that let's keep you know i mean it's a safe space so no one's like you're (laughs) that's awesome there you need that you need that there's room for the spirit to work but there's also the spirit can work in the community and the group to also put some breaks if there needs Mm -hmm. it that's fantastic yeah i think you need it you need like the people that can hold you accountable both ways yeah, I mean, we live in, we, again, we live in the culture of fear and shame, right? Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes we don't act in a Christian way or even challenge a Christian brother or sister mm-hmm. because we're fearful, mm-hmm. right? We're fearful of that relationship falling apart mm-hmm. or we're fearful of even um, uh, placing shame yeah. on them because we don't want them to feel a certain way. Um, and I, I just fully convinced that as believers, we are called to walk in the tension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we will never be free of that tension mm-hmm. um, because life is complicated and Jesus ushered in a new kingdom that will not fit into these wineskins that, mm-hmm. that we're so used to, that the tension will always be there yeah. because it's something that we don't, we haven't yet systematized. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we well, try to, right? Yeah, we, try we try to. Um, and we probably shouldn't yeah to it to an extent or if we do to hold those systems lightly i what you're describing is just a method of satan's deception yeah no 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 it's these are the things don't budge on these don't have community with anybody who doesn't don't listen to them don't yeah that's actually satan and he's he's fantastic like he is not a dummy no he's he's a fantastic deceiver like he knows what he's doing and he gets so many of us especially in the western american church wrapped around the axle about these things, unwilling to sit in tension, to have community yeah. with anybody who disagrees in any way, and he is doing a fantastic job oh, yeah. in the American mm-hmm. church today. He's like a 95% truther. Yep. And then it's like, boop, there's the 5%. Just enough. Just enough, like just enough opening. Absolutely. You see the Garden of Eden, right? Mm-hmm. Did God really tell you not to to, right, it's, to it's touch like it? From just the jump. enough. Uh, no. Did he say that no. exactly? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, God told me not to eat it. 
Mm-hmm. But then he says, "Oh, God told you not to touch it." <laughs> so messed right? up. So there's there's yeah. that there's that half truth or that ninety five percent truth. But even with even with Jesus, right, the temptation with Jesus, mm-hmm. he comes and he he speaks potential truths mm-hmm. into his life. I can give you this. I can give you mm-hmm. that. I can give you this. Um, but I love that Jesus and Derek talked about it at the end of his sermon as well. Like you're putting on the armor of God, right? Right. And, and the only offensive weapon really that you have in that moment is the sword of, what is it? I can't even remember. It's sword of the spirit, which mm-hmm. is the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only offensive tool. But when Satan comes to Jesus and tempts him, what does Jesus do? He responds yeah. with scripture. Right. And so it's, it's crucial for us to know what the word of God actually Agreed. says. Mm-hmm. Um, because when Satan comes with those half truths, um, and I think we can see it across Christianity. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I think it's just like saturated with half truths. Yeah. Um, and the preachers are preaching half truths all over the place. Yeah. Um, it's not our responsibility to just to jump on board with an amen, but to actually know what God's mm-hmm. word says. Mm-hmm. Um, so that when we hear those things, we don't automatically dismiss them because that's what we've spoken against here today. Mm-hmm. But it's at least a check in our spirit to go go study that word for ourselves yeah. in, in challenge of challenge needs and love, mm-hmm. grace and truth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, I think that there's not a space in the church for that, um, for those yeah. who, because what I see is I, I see people who genuinely challenge one another mm-hmm. um, and those who sometimes don't receive mm-hmm. the challenge yeah, sure. actually harden the person's heart who wants to genuinely challenge. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so therefore we create these factions and these, mm-hmm. you know, these divisions that don't actually need to happen because mm-hmm. we're not afraid, because we are afraid to walk in the tension. Mm-hmm. So maybe, so if I can preempt the discipleship question that Danielle always ends with, right? It's what, what situation I need, do I need to view through a spiritual lens? Mm-hmm. And we're talking about deception, division, uh, whatever the other D word Des- was. Devastation. Devastation, like distraction, all those things that Satan is masterfully trying to work in this world. We all have... We all have a situation, whether it's personally or in our families or at church or mm-hmm. at work or whatever, where there's a clear black and white yeah. and where we might feel, I guess, step into the gray, be willing to entertain the thought, whether it's a di- political disagreement, whether yeah, it's a, something in your family in a situation that it's not all black and white, whether it's a, a theological thing or a preference thing at church. I don't know. I guess that would be my, my uh, you know, uh, encouragement is if you're listening, take that small step of... Put the lens of what's this spiritual reality? What's this mm-hmm. spiritual perspective behind this seemingly black and white, but probably where's the tension I can step into and have like a gentle but true heart in the middle of that? And if you have a gentle and true heart conversation, and even if the person at that time doesn't want to hear you, they will continue to think about that conversation probably for hmm. yeah, longer much than longer than you down do. the road. Yeah. And so at some point, if you are calm and kind and active listening and respecting the other person, mm-hmm. even at that moment, if they're not hearing you, they may hear you later. Yeah. So don't feel like at that moment, like everything's supposed to like magically change or like it, everyone's supposed to be heard. Mm-hmm. It might come later. And so the way you behave at that moment is a reflection later on when they start to calm or they're- That's good. And you start to like really think about good. things. On another note, you said the other week, because we're talking about the armor of God, the other week you, and maybe I'm wrong, you said something about you had a vision of what the armor of God was. 
Was that you? No. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm going to have to go back and listen then. You were talking about something, and I can't remember it, but for some reason I keep thinking about it, but I... No, no, no. Can't remember what it was. Well, then never mind. We'll Whenever she says, later. on the other hand, I'm always like, whoa. Oh, here we go. Let's see where yeah, we go. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> we'll look into that. Maybe I said something. I thought you said Maybe something about the armor. Maybe next week you'll say something. Maybe. Oh, oh weird. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, weird. I, I just want to encourage on that, the notes enough. that you I guys said as well. <laughs> I, I, you have to do the personal work of asking why you want to be right in that moment. Oh, mm. okay. Uh, I think that's peeling yeah. back the onion layer. Just that. Just a, a little bit extra. Why do you want to defend a God who can clearly defend, defend himself? Because mm. um, oh. we want to do the work of defending him so often. And we're so passionate about wanting to be right and wanting to be wrong. Hmm. And I believe wholeheartedly in objective truth. Wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. I believe that it exists. But we don't do the work to pause, yeah. to sit in the fact of what Jesus, of what, Jesus what Derek said, Jesus wins. Like, let's start there. Allow our heart to be saturated by the fact that Jesus wins mm-hmm. and then ask the question, why am I so passionate about correcting this person in that moment rather than hearing that mm-hmm. person? And it doesn't always moment. come from a bad place either. Like when it you're, doesn't. it doesn't because like, we, we want to honor God, we do. right? But yeah. we also want people to be able to feel the peace or joy or excitement in something that we experience. We sometimes want that we want that person to feel that so badly. So it's not always from a bad place, but I, you're absolutely right. Like just, even if it's coming from a good place, yeah. still just. Peter pulls out his yes. sword and cuts the soldier's ear off. Right. Jesus bends down He's and like, puts it back on. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he says, I lay down my own life. Yeah. yeah. No one takes it from me. Mm. Yeah. That's the God that we're working with right. here. That's the God that has saved us yeah. here. And so, there's a sense in which he can defend himself he can. and mm-hmm. he does defend himself. Mm-hmm. Our job is to love our neighbor, yeah. not necessarily correct her na- our neighbor. And I say that believing fully and wholeheartedly in objective truth yeah. as well. But I think yeah. we just need to do the work internally first. I agree. That's great. Um, okay. I'll just repeat the question. Mike said it really well, but the discipleship question, um, what circumstance do I need to see through, um, God's eyes through spiritual eyes? Um, another kind of bonus question is where are you facing opposition? Where do you need to stand? So we have the gray area. Where can Mm -hmm. I go into the gray area? But then also where do I just need to stand? I need to be suited up, armored up and just stand. Um, I think we'll leave it there, huh? Okay. Okay. Cool. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Whoisgrace.com forward slash Mark. Uh, please go there and leave questions. Also, thanks. Got a couple cool comments this week. So thank you thank for you. sharing your thoughts with us. Um, we love it. Yeah, Keep go there. Telling f- us things. Keep telling us yes. things and giving us questions and whatnot. Thanks for joining us. We'll see thank you next you. week. Thank you. Bye.